Thank you for this Bible school hour and for those that have uh, come and those that have stayed from the morning service. Father, I just pray that you'll guide our thoughts and help us along our way today. Lord, we need to hear from you. We need your word in our life. Father, it's not words of man's wisdom nor man's understanding, but Father, it is by your spirit today that we are drawn closer to you. And so, Father, we give you honor and respect and praise for the very God whom thou art, the almighty one of the universe. Use us today, Lord, to your glory and service. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated, please. Let's take, a, take your Bibles, First Chronicles, chapter number 17, if you will, please, in your Bible. First Chronicles, chapter 17. First Chronicles, chapter 17. We'll start reading uh, verse number one, if you will, please. And the Bible says, And it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with you. In this passage of scripture, I'm just going to talk about what do you do when God says no? (laughs) What do you do when God says no? How does it feel to be rejected and especially by God? Now, I know that sometimes in our prayer, we we, prayer life, we would pray and we said, now, God, God, do such and such a thing. And it's not happening. So why isn't God answering my prayers? Do you ever stop to think <clears throat> that no is as much an answer to prayer as yes? <laughs> now, we, we, we don't like that. Somebody once said, and I think rightly so, and it kind of touches me, and I don't like it, but I admit to its truth. Three ways God answers prayer. Yes, we like that one. No, and then wait a while. Oh, that's the one that gets me. Wait a while. I, 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 look, either yes or no, let me know, but I don't like waiting. And that's what takes patience to wait upon the Lord. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so we're going to look at this passage of scripture. David was sitting in his house one day and he looked at his house and I got a nice house. I got cedar wood, which was uh, known to be very expensive and uh, very elegant. I got this beautiful house and I have all of these furnishings. And God, the Ark of the Covenant, and the worship of God is under curtains. It's in a tent. And he said, that's not right. He said, God ought to have better than what I have. You ever stop to think about that in your life? God's been good to you, hasn't he? God been real. You ever stop to think that we ought to do more for God than he's done for us? And uh, that's, I know that that's, that that's hard to perceive. Uh, as one person says, you can't outgive God, but it sure is fun trying. <laughs> you know? And so David said, I'm sitting here uh, at my house, and I'm thinking about the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. And he said this to the prophet Nathan. Nathan says, listen, if God's telling you to do something, go ahead and do it. But notice that next, that next night in verse number three, and it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, the very one that told David, go ahead and do it. God says to Nathan, go and tell David, my servant, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not 
build me a house to dwell in. David said, I want to do something for you, Lord. I want to do something good for you. I mean, I, you've been good to me, and you've blessed me with all this, with this beautiful house and all that I have, and, and I want to build you a house that would be better than my house. And God says, no, you won't. <laughs> no, you're not going to do it. God says, you will not build me. Now, how do you think we would react to something like that? I wanted to do something for God, and God refused. I wanted to do something for the Lord, something good. I mean, it wasn't bad what David wanted, but God refused his offer. And then God begins to tell him in verse number five, I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent and from one tabernacle to another. Whithersoever I've walked with all Israel, spake I a word of any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, why have ye not built me a house of cedars? Now, therefore, thou shalt say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord. Now, folks, there's the key right there. Thus saith the Lord. Keep that in mind. When people say, well, why don't you Baptists do this? And why don't you Don't you ever fall into the realm of saying, well, it's against my church. Your church has nothing to do with it. You say, well, it's against my religion. Your religion has nothing to do with it. Why don't we do the things that the world does? Because thus saith the Lord. That's why. And that's where the authority comes from. So what kind of rules does your church have? Actually, our church doesn't have any rules, but we do go by, thus saith the Lord, (laughs) you see. These are not church rules. This is what God says, uh, how how it ought to be. And and he says, thus saith the Lord uh, here. Uh, And and he says, uh, see, what verse are we in? uh, Verse 7, now therefore thou shalt say unto my servant David, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep goat, even from following the sheep, that thou shouldest be ruler over my people. God says, now, David, you were a little shepherd boy. You were not really a shepherd because it says he followed the sheep. The shepherd doesn't follow sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep. Sheep are not like cattle where you have to herd them, you know, and push them along. They follow the shepherd, but they had helpers. And shepherd, and David said, you were not in the front of the sheep, you were behind the sheep. That's not a pleasant place to be. <laughs> following following the, the, the sheep. I can imagine what that, what that was like. But God was showing him his humility. And I took you from following the sheep and what you, and what you had to do of following the sheep. And I have elevated you to a king. Great standing, isn't it? How God brought that simple shepherd boy there into the, into the kingship uh, there. And he says in, 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 in verse number eight, And I have been with thee whithersoever thou hast walked. I have cut off all thine enemies from before thee, and have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. Also, I will ordain a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, and they shall dwell in their place, and thou shalt be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more as at the beginning. 
and since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. Moreover, I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord built thee a house. And it shall come to pass when the days be expired that they go to be with my fathers that I will rise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build me a house, and I will establish his house forever. And God said, okay, David, listen, I'm not done with Israel, and I'm not done with you. I did a lot in your life. And I blessed you that you have a great house. And God says, one day I will have a house. But you're not going to be the one to do it. It's going to be your son. It's going to be your son that is doing it. Now, I can stop and think that in the Christian life, we have to deal with a lot of things, don't we? In the Christian life, we have to deal, and in regular life, with the matter of being turned down and rejected. And just how do we feel? Just how do we act or think when someone tells us no? When someone rejects our ideas. Did you ever have a great idea? It's, oh, hey, this is really great. Yeah. And you tell it to your wife, and she says, that's stupid. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, you know? <laughs> And, uh, or, or you go to your boss, boss, I got this great idea to do this. And he goes, oh, would you ever come up with that weird idea? And we'll get shot down. How do we react? How do we, how do, do we feel? Have you ever had the experience of yielding yourself to the Lord's work? Having dreams and visions and hopes. Setting your heart on doing something for God. And you were rejected. Maybe, and you went to the pastor, and again, I, you know I don't talk with the pastor about anything. Uh, all he did was call me the other day to confirm I'm going to be here, and he says, you know, you got the whole ball of wax, you're doing everything, you're doing all four services, and I said, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I think he's trying to test me to see how many sermons I have, I don't know, but, <laughs> and so I, but he didn't tell, and, that, and that was it. He didn't say, you know, brother, we're having troubles over here. And, brother, we're having and I don't even know if you are. And, don't, and frankly, it's none of my business. My business is to preach the word of God. But as I always say in a revival, that if your, phone doing the, if your phone is ringing, it's not me doing the dialing. It's God, and he has our number. So I don't talk to him about anything. But sometimes I know somebody will go to a pastor and say, Pastor, uh, I really feel God wants me to teach a Sunday school class. And pastor well. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Well, Pastor, I really want to teach a Sunday school class. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that attitude. Thank you. Oh, aren't I good enough to teach a Sunday school class? How do we react when we offer ourselves to do something for the Lord? I had a fellow some years ago who was in our church, and a good man, loved the Lord, and boy, did a lot of work in the church. And... Uh, we had certain standards according to the word of God, thus saith the Lord. And we just felt that as a church officer, as a pastor, or as a deacon, the two church offices talked about in the Bible, and you study that. 
Uh, I know some churches that they have that called elders and everything. When you read your Bible, elder, bishop, pastor, they're all the same person, looking at it from different aspects, you say. And some people, we don't have pastors, we have elders. I says, well, we don't have elders, we have pastors. <laughs> it's, all the, the, it's all the same office there. But anyway, and uh, we just had some biblical standards. The Bible taught that a pastor or deacon ought to be the husband of one wife. Well, that wasn't true with him. And uh, he could not accept it. He says, oh, I'm not good enough to be, I'm a second-class church member. That has nothing to do with it. I mean, would you want me, if you, God forbid, if you need a brain surgery, would, as much as you like me, and I think you do, as much as you like me, would you like me doing brain surgery on you? <laughs> Brother Susie said, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> you, could, you could pray for me. You could pray for me, but I'd rather have somebody that's a brain surgeon do brain surgery. Um, and, and has nothing to do with you liking me and nothing to do, or, or I'm a, my second-class friend of yours. Or it has nothing to do with it. It's just the standards that set down. And so I tried to explain it to him, and he says, well, why can't I be a deacon? Because of this and that, and that happened a long time ago, and that happened before I was saying whatever, going on and on and on. And finally, I just looked at him, and I said, Brother, tell me something. You do a lot around the church, don't you? He says, yeah, I do. I said, you know what? And God's honored that, and we appreciate that. I, I said, uh, but answer me this question. Do you want the title of deacon, or do you want to do the work of a deacon? And he paused and settled down a little bit, and he says, I guess I want the title. I guess I want the title. But the work is more important than the title, isn't it? And sometimes, you know, we want something that God says, thus saith the Lord. No. And David is saying, I want to build this. And God says, you're not going to do that. And sometimes God could teach us more by his denials than by his, his permissions. I am so thankful God said no to some of my prayers. Think back at some of the foolish prayers you might have prayed. Aren't you glad God says, no? <laughs> no, we didn't like it at the time. But I could testify to you, honestly, that if God gave to me what I asked for, to be another man teaching Sunday school this morning, it wouldn't be me. Took away dreams that I had, hopes that I had. They weren't bad. They weren't bad at all. But God took them away and says, no, that's not for you. What you want to do is good. What you want to do is noble. But that is not my plan for you. And again, God gives them some encouragement. But you know what, David? Your son's going to do it. <laughs> Yes. You look over the lives, if you have children living for God and doing what, living a godly life, you have to take a certain measure of satisfaction in that, don't you? And you say, I wasn't able to do that, but I'm glad he was able or she was able to do that. And we need to accept God's no for our hopes, our dreams, and our desires. Now, in our text, in this uh, type of situation and answer, David established a kingdom. David subdued his enemies, and his desire was to build a house that was better than his for the Lord. 
And uh, David had a fine house, and he said, God's house didn't. And he said, at first he got a favorable reply. Notice in verse number two, Nathan said, hey, David, that's great. It's in your heart. Go for it. But the next day, reality set in. He was still young at this time. He was under 40. He was inspired by great and highly motives, and he wanted to give God the very best. He wanted to have God had what he had, a fine house to be worshipped in. In later years, David understood why. In 1 Chronicles 22, God explains to him a little further, said, you were a man of war. You shed a lot of blood. That was my calling for you to subdue the enemies of God so that the house of God can be built. Wow. Imagine God turning down David's offer. I wonder if our life, we have not felt disappointed that we were not able to do what we wanted to do and dreamed to do. There were, Sometimes God overcomes great obstacles. I remember I was preaching in a church in Tennessee and the a fellow by the name of James came up to me. He said, Brother Sousa, he said, uh, our church needs bus drivers, church bus drivers. We've got several buses, and we need bus drivers. And I asked the pastor to let me drive a church bus, and he turned me down. He won't let me drive a church. Do you think that's right? Well, first of all, that's not for me to answer that question. That's between him and the pastor. And... Uh, Later on, I found out that he had had four DWIs. <laughs> he had lost his license, and his license was currently suspended, and he was to drive a church bus. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> and it's many times today, I mean, all that's going on in the world... And I think it's a wise thing that sometimes, as much as we love people and know people in our church, it's good to do a background check on them, especially if they're going to be working with children. It just protects us as a church, as believers in Christ, you know. And I understand the past is the past, but the world doesn't look at it that way, and lawyers don't look at it that way. And so we, we go through that process. I said, well, James, pray about it. About two more days into the revival, he says, my license is not suspended anymore, preacher. I could drive the church bus, but pastor won't let me. And I said, well, that's between you and him. He said, would you pray about it with me? He went to the altar and we prayed. And uh, a few days later, pastor said to him, he says, look, James, if you could pass the CDL course and get your CDL license, you could drive church bus. <laughs> now, with his past record, <laughs> it wasn't likely he would. So the pastor says, let him go through it and let the state shut him down and I won't have to be bothered with this. Well, he went down and he passed. <laughs> he came to church one night. Woo! He's jumping up and down with the certificate. He didn't get the actual license yet. But he got that. He's jumping up. Look, I gave it to me. And he's been driving a church bus ever since. Now, so, so sometimes God overcomes these obstacles. But sometimes God just says no. And then he says, not just no, but no ways. I've known people have offered their life to serve God. So God, 
I'm available for missionary avi aviation. I want to fly an airplane. He has no idea how to drive a car, and he wants to fly an airplane. God always calls us in accordance with the abilities that he gives us. Now, as I can stop and think here about David, what, do, what did he do? What did, did he sit and sulk and say, oh, if that's the way it is, I'm going to go serve another God. Or I'm going to go someplace else and, and we're, I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to go where I'm appreciated. I hear that all the time, you know, and, and it's really strange, folks. And, you know, you know, I get in a lot of churches. I really do. I'm in a different church every week <laughs> all across America. My wife and I have a, a big trip coming up. We're going to start in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm going to preach there. And then we're going to go down to Buford, Georgia, and I'm going to preach there. And then we're going to go to Houston, Texas, and I'm going to preach there. Then I'm going to go to Dallas, Texas. I'm going to preach there. And then we're going to go up to Euland, Minnesota, which is almost to the Canadian border, and I'm going to preach there, and then we're going to come home. I get in a lot of churches. But one of the things that I find perplexing is that when I'm in the church and I see somebody I recognize, hi, how are you? And wait a minute. I remember you from another church. <laughs> Oh, well, Preacher and I had a falling out, and we just, whatever it be, let, 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 let it be. But, you know, the thing is, we need to grow where we're planted. And David had to learn to accept there were some things he could not do. Now, the most important thing to remember is that when God refuses our offer, it's how we react to it. Said, so, okay, God, you close that door, then guess what? You're going to open another, another door for me. And that's the attitude we, we, we need to have. I mean, if, if you can't sing in the choir, then amen one. <laughs> Encourage the choir. He said, you know, maybe, maybe you tried out for a choir. I mean, I, love, I would love to sing for a choir and audition. And they would say to me, Brother Sousa, uh, sing by the window. We'll help you out. You know, <laughs> so, and, and, so I can't sing in the choir. But you know what? When the choir sings, whoo, I can encourage. I say, amen. I can encourage them. Maybe God didn't call you to be a preacher. But you know what? You can encourage a preacher. Maybe God didn't call you to be a missionary. I was looking at your mission board. And that, that, that's really new back there. I don't remember seeing that before. Maybe it was there. I just never noticed. It's new, right? Good. <laughs> I'm not going crazy. Okay. Uh, uh, and I'm looking at all your mission. Okay. Maybe you can't be a missionary up there. But you know what? You could support one. You could have a part in it. You see? And as we look at all of this and, and, and in the unfolding here of, of the, uh, the light life of David here, David, what happened? And what did David say? And what did David do uh, there? Uh, he said, okay, I can't build the house of God, but you know what? I can get it ready for my son when he's ready to build. And David gathered all the gold. And David gathered all the silver. And he got all the wood and all the workmanship. And he got it all together. So when the time came for Solomon to build the great temple, everything would be ready to go. And so he took a rejection and he turned it into something positive. If I can't do it, I'm going to help somebody else do it. And that's the attitude we need to have in our Christian service before God, you say. God refused him. God said no. God told him why a little bit later in Second Chronicles uh, there. And God said, your heart meant well, but still no. 
You feel rejected for service, but you're not rejected from serving God in another area. And I think that's important because sometimes we got it in our mind what we want to do instead of saying to God, God, what do you want me to do? And then he tells you, says, Lord, is there something else you want me to do? You know, we don't really accept that as God's will sometimes. And trusting God for that. I guess we remember hearing the story about that fellow that fell off the cliff. And, and uh, he's falling down on the cliff. And he said, what am I going to do? I'm falling. And all of a sudden, he reaches out and he grabs this little twig sticking out of the side of the cliff. And he's, <sighs> he broke his foot. And he's hanging on to this, cliff, to this little twig. And he's shouting, help, help, anybody up there, help. And all of a sudden, out of the sky comes a deep, booming voice. Yes, I am here to help you. Help me, help me. Do you believe? Yes, yes, I believe. Do you really believe? Yes, yes, I really believe. Then let go of the twig. <laughs> and what does he say? Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> and we're kind of like, I said, God, what do you want me to do? God says, let go of that. And no, 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 no. Is there something else, Lord? Is there something else? And we really don't accept God's will for our life willingly like we should. But God's will is not something that's to be dreaded. The Bible says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Stop and think about that. Delight thyself. Are you delighting in God? Then God says, you know what? Whatever is in your heart, I'm going to give to you. Whoa! I talked to some young people about that, teaching them about the will of God. <laughs> and one boy said, yeah, so you mean if I want a Lamborghini, as a diamond, God's going to give it to me? My answer was yes, if you fulfill the first part of the verse. Delight thyself in the Lord. And you know what I found? When I delight myself in the Lord, pretty soon my desires change. <laughs> I no longer desire that anymore. Now I have a new desire, and he gives me those desires. So the verse holds true to the will of God in our life, to serve him in whatever capacity we can do. Now, God didn't say no coldly, because I know what's in your heart. And then David did what God wanted them, wanted him to do, and that was mainly to gather the materials. And so it is in our ministry today. You may not be in the forefront. You may not have the limelight. You may not have the praise. But you could have a part, each and every one of us today, in the will of God in our lives. Are you content to serve God wherever he wants you to be? Are you willing to say, Lord, if this is my place, and, this, this, and Lord, this is my lot, and God, this is what I yield myself to because it's your will, you know you will find great peace and great satisfaction and great joy. 
Jesus. One of the darkest moments of his life, sweating drops of blood in the garden, says, not my will be done, but thine. When you come to that part of your life where you could accept God's, God's will, you've come a long way in peace and contentment. Spoke with a woman a while back. She was dying. She was dying of cancer. Sad, sad thing. Many of us can relate to something like that. But she has such peace in her life. And she has such joy in her. So she, she said, you know, Brother Susan, if it's God's will for me to suffer through this, I'll gladly do it for his honor and glory. If it's God's will that I have this pain and leave this earth for a better place, I'm at peace with that and I can enjoy that. Folks, I don't know how I would react in something like that. And you don't either until that moment comes. But that's how I would like to react. That's the type of attitude I would want to have. I'm working, I'm working towards that. Accept God's will for your life no matter what it is, and you will find peace and contentment. God may say no, and God may refuse your offer to serve him, but God says, I'll use you in a different way. Now, folks, I really don't care how God uses me as long as he uses me. I don't want to be put on the shelf, sit there, and rest away. I want to do something for God, no matter what it is. So rejoice that God has a plan for you. It may not be our plan at first, but if God shuts this door and said, okay, Lord, I can't go to that door number one, I'm going to go to door number three and see what God has for you. Father in heaven, sometimes in life, it's hard to face rejection. Lord, we mean well. We want to do right. And there's nothing wrong with what we offer. But sometimes, Lord, I recognize that you have another plan for us. And Lord, your perfect plan is your perfect plan. And so, Father, help us accept your will in our life. In the name of Jesus, and amen. God bless you.